0: Welcome to Cheers from the Press Box. You are listening to your host, Spooky Boy, uh, Joe Dorville. What's going on, folks? Brennan, what's going on?
1: What's going on, man?
0: Uh, excited to talk sports. That is what we do on a routine basis. Uh, I guess we should have said that we weren't going to do a Thursday episode last week. Um, yeah, we said it. Did we? We said it on the show? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought I listened. I don't remember hearing that. I think we yeah, talked something...
1: about it and then we said, oh, this will be, we'll talk about this off air. So we uh, kind of said I it. I think
0: that was the week prior. Oh, was but it? But anyway, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so let's not waste any more time. Let's get right to it with... Ready to return the opening kickoff. Perfectly. With the kickoff, I will remove all that silence because my computer is acting up. Uh, only Brennan knows what I'm talking about. So, uh, biggest last game night, Sunday, of the weekend, <laughs> the biggest game of the weekend, the Brennan is he right? Is he wrong? Bowl. Uh, Kyler Murray was on display last night. He played against Russell Wilson. Um, two NFC West teams. Finally, they're not beating up all my Eagles and they're playing against each other. Um, Brennan, what were your takeaways from this battle? Um, it was awesome. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, watching
1: it. I figured out, I think yesterday kind of dawned on me why I have such a beef with um not only Kyler Murray, but the Arizona Cardinals. Everyone knows uh, about the whole Minshew Mania thing, and then I thought he should have won Rookie of the Year. But to be honest with you, I really thought that this season the Jaguars would be in a similar situation as the Cardinals. They're losing to some teams that you'd think they'd beat. They're beating teams you'd think they lose to. You know what I mean? Like It's kind of they're frisky. They're a very frisky team. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to be like, you know, a powerhouse or like a contender quite yet, probably in a couple years. But I honestly thought this is the same path that Jags would go down, which is why I had so much vitriol towards them. But the game itself was <laughs> awesome. Seattle had the win probability the entire game until overtime and the Cardinals still ended up winning the game, which was, it was back and forth. And then just when you thought they were out of it, they weren't. And, oh, it was, it was intense. What'd you think? It was
0: insane. It was insane. Uh, for most of the game, it looked like Wilson was going to keep cooking the way he had been that we thought he was. Yeah. Um, Him and Lockett looked in step. Him and DK Metcalf looked fucking unstoppable and then something we're not accustomed to seeing, uh, he started throwing interceptions, bad interceptions yeah, he
1: had, a, he had uh, that one interception, what was that in the fourth quarter that kind of led it to overtime That yeah, was, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, that uh, got wasn't even in position to turn things around
1: yeah, uh, he um, th- was throwing picks in the end zone, which is very un-Russell Wilson like, he um I mean that one to Buddha Baker when he turned, you know, turned and ran, and then yeah,
0: that one was real bad. And then oh.
1: DK Metcalf chased him all the way down. I mean, they were already he ta- he didn't Christ. tackle him until they were almost
0: in the the within the ten yard line, but it was. But that tackle led to I don't think they got points off that play. No. That's the crazy thing. They didn't get points off that. They went forward on fourth down in their reds, in the red zone and they didn't score. So DK saved the scoring <laughs> possession essentially.
1: Yeah. And it was, I mean, it was an, it was an intense game to watch because there was all this hype going into this game about Russell Wilson was going to, you know, he was on pace to win the MVP and everything. And it was this big, you know, push. Everyone listened to our podcast about let's let Russ cook. So there's this big push <laughs> to, uh, you know, let Russ cook and. <laughs>
0: Everybody he had, was following our motto. Yeah, um, I
1: know, man. He just the national media. Everybody <laughs> listens. It's so weird. He had a, he had a bad <laughs> game, and I mean that's going to happen. But still, um, for him to be your leading rusher also is yeah. is not a good sign.
0: He had 80 yards on the ground on six carries. This was also his first multi-pick game since 2018 season opener. Did not know that. Which is pretty insane. Um, I did some research. He had 50 but, uh, attempts in this game. That's insane. Yeah, that's Kyler at 48. prepped overprepped food at that point. Um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um so a couple of things I wanted to say, uh I did not watch the game in real time. Did you watch the game in real time by chance?
1: Um I watched the second half in okay, real time. Damn.
0: So I, I was cuz I was wondering when I when I saw the game on the schedule and I saw it get moved to the Sunday night game um because the Tampa Bay Las Vegas game got moved up. I was I wanted to set an over-under on how many times both quarterbacks were referred to as, oh, you know, they played baseball. They could have went on to have a career in baseball. (laughs) I was like, that has to be like eight times four-piece for each of them, especially because they were running out of the pocket and sliding. Wilson was sliding more. Um, Yeah, there was one where um, Kyler Murray slid,
1: and they were like, oh, you've never seen such a beautiful slide. And (laughs) It was like, yeah, he was drafted to play baseball. Like, and what? Was first what are you talking about?
0: Um, yeah. But I found something weird. Oh, so rewatching the game in the way I did, I didn't really want to hear the commentary or not. But um, Murray runs – it's funny. He doesn't run like a baseball player to me. He runs like a basketball player. Like, the way he sidesteps and he has a lot of quick twitches. Um, it yeah. may be just pure athleticism, but he moves more like a basketball player to me. Whereas Russ looks like it's a straight go ahead. He's not really trying to shake anybody or move around anybody. Yes. Yeah, it's that same
1: thing Robert Griffin the third was known for was because he was a track star. It's like, yeah, but he's, he's a straight, a straight line yeah. runner. He's not, he's not juking anybody. He's not busting a spin move. He's, but he's very fast from point A to point yeah. B, but he goes in a straight line. Yeah. yeah. And, and Kyler like, definitely has more of that. Like yeah.
0: He did a lot of fast twitch, a lot of I could stop on a dime, get around you, then pick up speed again. It felt like he was a point guard out there. Um, so I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, Isaiah
1: Simmons had the uh, had the pick to uh, set up the field goal. Uh, I just brought that up just because, like, a lot of people were kind of looking around for Isaiah Simmons. Mm-hmm. I know I wanted the Jags to take him in the draft and stuff, and he hasn't. Took him. He's yeah, he's having a good year, but he hasn't been having the year that everyone thought he would. And then he, you know, he won this game for them in a, in a manner of speaking. So that was good to see. I just this game was back and forth, and it was it's always fun to watch those games where you're like, oh they don't have a chance. Like this game's over yeah. two minutes left. They're down by 10. This game's over. And then it's not like, those are always oh. fun to watch. Cause go ahead. go ahead. What? No, I was, I was just going to say, just cause I know with my team, like if we get down by more than like seven, 10, 14, it's like, all right, well that was a fun first <laughs> half.
0: I was going to say, Oh, what a natural segue to the next. Yeah. Game. That's I was trying. <laughs> uh, so we're going to talk about the Atlanta Detroit game. Um, how, how do they keep doing this?
1: I don't know. I um, was listening to um, a, a recap of the games, and they were saying that uh, I guess um, there's only been seven games uh, this entire season where uh, the team with the double-digit lead in the half has lost, and three or four of them are Atlanta. Um which is insane. And it's not just one thing with Atlanta. Everybody knows it's like
0: something different. It's
1: yeah, it's not it's not all oh well it's you know, Matt Ryan or oh it's the defense or oh it's the coaching. Like it's all every game it's something new. And that's
0: why like as Stephen A used to say when I did watch first day, he might still say it now, but they keep finding new ways to lose. They keep inventing new ways to go about it.
1: Yeah, it was. I mean, the game itself, I didn't really watch much of the game. I'll be honest with you. I just cut a lot about um, the highlights and stuff. So I saw a lot about that last drive and it was so crazy how um, Todd Gurley was, you know, that final drive for Atlanta, Todd Gurley, everyone like the I don't know if you saw the the picture on Twitter, yeah. but the Detroit players were like, he's in, yeah, right? He scored. Like
0: the first time you've ever seen defenders, like he scored. No, he scored the touchdown.
1: <laughs> yeah. He's in there. He's in there because they have so much faith in Matthew Stafford to drive them down the field and to score. They were like so excited. Yeah, it's, and it's it was, insane. it was crazy. <laughs> I just, I'm happy for Matthew Stafford. Um, Cause I, I've, Full disclosure: When I was younger, I used to root for the Detroit Lions uh, because the underdog thing. Jeez. So I'm I'm happy whenever they get. Well, I, that, I we weren't even over that, that, but I'm all, just that's a weird one. I'm always happy when they get like a weird win like that. Just so everyone knows, going into let me see, uh, as you look, Atlanta, <laughs> Atlanta had a 97 percent win probability with like two minutes left
0: in that's the game, true. but um. So one thing I wanted to focus on with this game was a lot of people were talking about, Oh, Ty Gurley should have stopped at the one he knows not to score there. But uh, I feel like people aren't paying enough attention to how bad, like, why are they not blaming the Falcons defense for letting Matthew Stafford drive down the field (laughs) with just over a minute, no timeouts and he can get down the whole length of the field and score a touchdown. Like, it's so it's so bizarre that you bring this <laughs> up. Because I'm thinking the same thing. On the guy who's he's supposed to not score, which is his job to score, but you're not going to hold the Especially, defense accountable for not doing their job.
1: <laughs> it's it's almost like it's so bizarre because I thought the same thing when I was listening to that recap show. Was everyone was like, "Yeah, it was so crazy to see the Detroit Lions signaling touchdown," and Todd Gurley knows better than that. And I was like. In my head, I'm like, wait a second. That just means they got the ball back. (laughs) Like there's a whole other face to the game. Like, what are we talking about here? The
0: other defense should be, okay, it's our time to do our job. (laughs) Yeah. Like with the
1: Monday night game that was just going on. um, The uh, the Rams and the Chicago Bears, same kind of thing. But those teams both rely so heavily on their defenses that they were just like, yeah. Well, no, well, we're not going to onside kick yeah, it. Fuck no. you! Like we're, we're going to kick it down it the field. Like let's go. Stop, yeah. mono Mono. Three and out. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> and in this game, it's so bizarre that they were just like Todd. Like you said, Todd Gurley knows better than that. Fuck, he's a running run back. back. Let's
0: go. He just got released by his former team. This guy's trying to do anything to put on his highlight reel to get another contract. So why would I not? It's, score? it's crazy. Yes, he was upset with himself because he should know the situation and everything, but I can have enough faith. If we're a team that's supposed to be good, like the Falcons are touted to be every year going into every season since 28 three, you should have some accountability for your defense and think they're going to put up some type of defense, you know, cause it's in the title yeah. of their jobs <laughs> to, to not yeah. let the other team score with no timeouts.
1: <laughs> no timeouts. Scored with no time left and then kicked the extra point to win the game. I, it's, that, game that game was, I mean, from the highlights, it looked intense. And I, I feel bad for Atlanta fans. I almost feel like they're cursed. I mean, between the whole trading the pick for Luka Doncic. Oof. And then, yeah, that whole thing, the Braves thing that happened this year. Then, you know, everything that's been going on with the Falcons since eight three. I just feel like the, the, the teams in that city are cursed. Um, You're a
0: resident. What do you think? Look, I have a lot of friends who are Falcon fans. And every, like this week, so every week prior to this, when they Greek tragedy their way to a loss, I would text my buddy like, man, Dan Quinn has to get fired. And Dan Quinn got fired. They won last week. And then I've been texting him like, man, this sucks. Da, da, da. This week, I was like, I don't even want to text him because now I feel like bullying at this point. <laughs> I was like, I don't even yeah, want I to think- respond to him. <laughs>
1: There's a part of me that thinks that they've got to be kind of like laughing at this. At this it's point, it's not you know even one. I mean? like
0: it's like they're numb to it. My buddy literally said, "I'm gonna quote quote you right here, Vern, because Vern listens to the podcast." I he, I got to my house and he was here and he was like, "I'm numb to this shit, bro." <laughs> he was like, "I can't, yeah. I, I can't yeah, take I, it I, anymore." I can't...
1: I can't imagine being, I mean, as a tortured fan myself, I, I wish I could be like that. I honestly, and we'll talk about this a little later, but like, I didn't, I don't, I didn't even. Like I had the game on at work, the Jags mm. game, and I literally was just like, I can't, I can't. Like I, I record all the games. I'll go back and watch it, but watching it in real time, like I just, and I can't imagine well, being oh, a Falcons save, fan and being save, up in all this, those we games. Because
0: both of us kind of had the same reaction to our games, but our games are in the one more round.
1: No, no, no. But I'm talking about Atlanta, oh, like man. to be up in these yeah, games. That's the thing. And, and then I, I couldn't, I could not imagine being up double digits in the fourth quarter and then just blowing it like it's I feel bad for their fans uh, man and i mean it's a good one for detroit yeah. i think they might be they might be better than we all thought uh, you know everyone's ragging on matt patricia's you know he's probably going to be the first yeah, coach fired sucks, and everyone's so. talking
0: shit he still sucks yeah
1: and i mean he's yeah he still <laughs> sucks but i mean they're they're winning in spite of him
0: uh, they also should have won the first game of the season when they had a similar situation but De, DeAndre Swift dropped the touchdown there. But let's go to another game where the defense couldn't hold the lead for their quarterback, Cleveland-Cincinnati. Yeah, you lead this one.
1: All right. So everybody knows how I feel about the Cleveland Browns, but they came back uh, to win in a big, bad way against the Cincinnati Bengals. They were actually losing Emphasis the majority of this game.
0: Emphasis huh? on bad way.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It was uh, Joe Burrow. Uh, Joey covers, as he's been come to known because he's covered in every single so game that he's covered. played in, in the NFL. So get Joey covers, it's baby. God, um, me, <laughs> no, I heard it on uh, another uh, podcast. I really so liked it though. Her, but um, Joey, um, excuse me, not Joey, but Baker Mayfield did not play well in the first part mm-hmm. of this game. Just, I mean. If you look at his stats, they look great. Five touchdowns, 22 to 28,
0: 297 yards. But in the first quarter, quarter quarter
1: and a half, he played like He was 0 for 5. They had
0: zero passing yards, and he had an interception, and that was the play that led to Odell getting hurt. He looked god-awful.
1: Yeah. Also, you asked me to lead this, and I left out the biggest thing. Odell Beckham Jr. now out for the season with a torn ACL. Trying to
0: defend a terrible interception thrown by his quarterback.
1: Yeah. And I don't know if it's a little bit of the Ewing theory, um, that Bill Simmons has, you know, o- um, Odell Beckham goes out and then all of a sudden they start playing better. But I mean, Baker did turn it on. Um, in a sense, they started playing really well, but Joe Burrow went shot for shot yeah. with him. You know what I mean? Like they, they weren't backing down. Yeah. It wasn't one of those things where all of a sudden, you know, you look at Baker stats and you're like, Oh, they really, you know, started to blow him out. Cause that's not what well, happened in the at
0: words all. Of Jones, if you can't play well with a good player and you play better without that player, that doesn't mean that player is bad. That means you're bad at scheming. <laughs> yeah. If you have a yeah, yeah, talent, you can't be, Eli Manning had a resurgence in his career with Odell Beckham. If Baker can't play well with, ba- with Odell, then you shouldn't have good talent around you. You don't deserve good things. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing too. Is everyone always goes, "Oh,
1: maybe he's a problem." And I know I've I've called him out for, for kind no of doing reason. the loud mouth, look no at me reason. stuff. But that's that's why receivers, <laughs> baby. Um, I just a quick breakdown of this. This is insane. If you look at the scoring, it's literally Bengals and then Browns and then Bengals then Browns then Bengals then Browns then Bengals then Browns then, bangles, then, browns, then like literally that's how the box score
0: breaks down the way, for the scoring uh, summary. Uh, Philadelphia, it's, uh, Howie Roseman, T. Higgins, another touchdown this week. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just throwing that out there
1: for you, buddy. This is insane how... Uh- this is insane how this game broke down. It literally was back and forth the whole time. Um Cincinnati obviously. I am loving this new win probability thing. I don't know if it's new, but it's the first time I saw it on this show on espn.com. Um it's crazy because it's I love it because it's so wrong. And you know how I feel about like when people like <laughs> That's why I don't, talk shit I don't before really a game uh, or something.
0: invest into win probability that much.
1: Oh, I love it because yeah. it's so wrong. Like this, looking at this thing and seeing how all the teams that lost were actually favored to win most of the game reminds me of why I root <laughs> for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well,
0: it, it's like it's you know like, what I mean. Um, in this, in the situation, basically, if if they were to ride this out, they have a likelihood of winning this game. Um, but yet, yeah, I mean, it, 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 I. I mean I I understand I mean I get like kind
1: of what it's like you know if everything keeps going the way not, it's going then they have this percentage to I'm win the game
0: because I'm thinking back to this game and the uh, uh, the the thoughts I had at the end of this game where Joe Burrow has been let down on what two two of his games minimum uh, game one of the season, he sets the team up for game-winning field goal. The field goal kicker shanks it. This game, he scores with a yeah, minute Yeah, and then there was that nine. PTI in that game, too. Yeah, that PTI, that OPI. Oh, but that's the same game. That's all the same OP, game. Yeah. And then yeah, in yeah, this yeah. game, that's what I'm saying. he scores with a minute. It gets back to the thing I was saying with the Falcons. He scored with a minute nine left. Yep. Baker got the ball with a minute oh six. They let the defense gets paid you say this all the time defense gets paid too well they should not get a check this week because you can't let the other team go down yeah. and score in one o- in less than a minute and 6 seconds to lose the game what do you do Joey, Joey Burrow Joey Burrow Joe Burrow Joey covers <laughs> Joe Burrow is is it should file a complaint with the state commission of Ohio and fire his whole defense because they're not doing their job.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I, I, I don't know why I just want to reference. I don't know why I said PTI, I meant OPI 40 and slip because you and I both (laughs) love that show. But, um, No, um, he. Uh, I mean, I feel bad. The dude's getting yeah. eaten alive He has no he's offense. Running alive. for his life. He has
0: no defense. He doesn't have a yeah. full goal kicker, and he's putting n- He's Still putting them out. in and positions to win the game. Phenomenal. Yeah.
1: And it, and like like Carlos Dunlap had a like his condo up for sale on Twitter. It's like like are you making yeah, light no, of the situation that please you now let your quarterback down? Ta- yeah. Copy.
0: You're not doing yeah, anything. I know you
1: got your Pro Bowls and stuff, but like, yeah, I don't understand what's happening because this guy is getting eaten alive. He's getting, he's been hit almost as much as any quarterback in the NFL other than, um, uh, Deshaun Watson and I think, uh, Kyler Murray, but he's been hit like a ton, constantly pressured. The offensive line is a mess and he's still putting them in positions to win. And then the D, de- and then like you said, the defense just goes and lays an egg. And, I mean, all credit to Baker Mayfield on that final yeah. throw to Peoples. Like, that was a beautiful throw, and a, it was more of a beautiful catch how he turned around and caught it. But still, like,
0: you shouldn't that let shouldn't that happen. happening week in and week out. The Joey, Joe Bo why are you throwing this Joey coverage thing into my head? Joe Burrow has been putting that Just in position to win for weeks now. It, let's go back to last week against Indianapolis. They were up 21-0. And they let the defense yeah. let Indianapolis come back. Yeah, I mean, I think what's
1: going to end up happening is they'll they'll play well, obviously better than last year, but they'll get another high pick. They'll they'll invest into the offensive line, uh, maybe get a couple guys on defense in the next draft, and then then next year we'll be ready to go. But I mean, it's it's I it's one of those weird situations where um, last year a lot of us were you know calling. Uh, calling the number for the Browns and it was a year too early. And now this year yeah. they actually looked, you know, they look okay. Um, but it's, it's just one of those weird things where I'm not going to jump on the Cincinnati bandwagon to say, like right now, but I am on the Joey covers Joe bandwagon. Burrow I'm all for him
0: deal at 25 years old uh, rookie.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 He's, he's ready to go. Um,
0: all right. Yeah. It was good. Game, all right. You want to take Pittsburgh, us to the next one? Tennessee, the Derrick Henry, the dare, yeah, the game of the unbeaten game of the, the unbeaten versus Brennan Bowl. Um, fun fact did you did you hear the fun fact that uh, I think <laughs> I thought I was right. he was going to win this I'm game sorry. as well. What I thought Pittsburgh say? Uh, was better defensively, even though Big Ben tried to give it away with his three interceptions. Let's not get into how bad of a player he played today. Oh my um, god! If, I'll save that for a person that he is. Um, I mean, what? But. Uh, the, I think there was like seven. I, I'm not going to get the number right because I heard this last week. But every time that two undefeateds have played at five and no, the winner has gone on to play in the Super Bowl every time.
1: I believe it. I mean, the Devin, losing Devin Bush I thought was going to create so a I. much bigger problem. Um, I'm talking about the the middle linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but he runs that defense. And I know Ryan Shazier has been on record about talking about it. The middle linebacker is like one of the most important positions for the Pittsburgh Steelers, because that's the quarterback of the defense. Now in a lot of schemes, the the it's normally the middle linebacker, or one of the linebackers mm. that calls the plays. But in this instance, Devin Bush called the entire defense. So he'd call the stunts for the D line, the, the plays for the, the, the coverage. Like he called everything. And then he was the one who had permission from the coaches to audible out of it. If he saw something on the field, he didn't like. So to lose that guy, yeah and to lose him for the season i thought and derrick henry coming into town and like we talk about every week ryan Tannehill is no slouch either guy (laughs) played wide receiver at texas a&m he can run around too and he can also throw the ball pretty well newsflash um i honestly thought coming in i thought they were gonna i'm gonna be a hundred percent i thought they were gonna bully ball him and run away with this Mm -hmm. game and then yeah and then it was, it was upsetting to me to see that Ben, like, kept that them last in it. That one, of, for sure. I thought the
0: score would be, you that know, if you really think about have it, have those three interceptions goal, that he threw kept them Steven in this Kaskowski game. Yeah, Gaskowski shank a pot of it. Yeah, what, and so it I, <sighs> I'm about to go on another rant. This is the second year in a row where Tennessee should probably have oh, more yeah, wins. That. I mean, this is their first loss. But last year, they should have had at least three to four wins, and they can't get good field goal kicking. What is this? You have one job. <laughs> I don't know if this
1: is a recent. I don't know if this is a recent thing or if this is like, you know, recency bias or something. But I remember growing up. I don't remember kicking to be no, this you're big prob- of a you're, you're right, deal you're right, because as far remember, as like people missing uh, it constantly, it just seems like it's three, been in the last four, five years. years now, I could be maybe wrong. Maybe they, they just didn't change
0: the extra point. Um. I don't know why this is falling onto all kicking, but once they changed the extra point there started being more misses. Yeah. Yeah, and I just I just
1: remember like kick maybe more I don't know. I just remember like when I, I was, like, would watch football with my dad and, right, and stuff right, like if we lining up. I, don't really I like, if it's remember not a being 50 like,
0: yarder, it's going Yeah, down. yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> like I like if like if you're inside the 30, you kick it and that's it. Yeah, like I just remember always being like, okay, yeah, no, like probably. they're going to get this. And I know um one of the greatest kickers of all time, Sebastian Janikowski, went to the same high school as my sisters. He was only a couple <laughs> How He I was only know he a couple years this. older than them. So I remember the legend of Seabass at Seabreeze High School no, in no, Daytona. No. And um Yeah, with uh he was a few years ahead of my older sister, but it was just weird though because it's like one of those things <laughs> where <laughs> I just don't ever remember kicking being... And then this whole thing with the Titans, like you said, between last year and this year, I know it's their first loss, uh, but they've had a couple close games this season where they squeaked out. Like, um, I don't
0: know. Week two against the Jaguars? Like, that game shouldn't have been that close.
1: Yeah, yep. And then... Yeah, it's so, yeah. And then in week two, I remember he missed two, and then we missed three, and then we lost by three points. I mean, he was
0: automatic his whole year at the Patriots. Like, I don't, he had a recent injury, but I don't know how much that affected him, is affecting him still.
1: I heard, I heard something, I don't know if it, yeah, but and I, I heard something, I think it was on PTI, um, where they were like, this whole situation might seriously, like, completely disillusion his <laughs> hopes of being in the Hall of Fame. Like, he had a great career, and then he came over, and now it's just been... Yeah, and it's a mess now. You yeah, on paper, it looks real bad. Hell. And so, you know, if you want to get in the Hall of Fame as a kicker or a punter, you're going to have to... You got to do... You got to make sure all those... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, especially it's especially in the so, AFC South. I mean, I think Tennessee's still the team to
0: beat.
1: Um, <laughs> and that's just my... Well, yeah, I mean yeah. <laughs> but my opinion is I mean, I a lot of the best teams I think are coming out of the AFC this year. I have a lot of faith in I mean I think the Steelers are gonna be good, that. especially with what they did last year with I'll not having a quarterback. that, um, that defense still AFC. played well and to go eight and eight is I, I think it's insane. top I think
0: it's definitely top heavy with uh with Kansas yeah. City and Baltimore. And Baltimore, I still need to see a little more. Of but Baltimore that's what I'm talking about—the best team. So it's going to. I'm down. just talking about like Especially the top three. Defense.
1: Yeah, three they did
0: get Yannick and Gakway, in a solid trade.
1: You saw they got Yannick. That piece <laughs> really of the Eagles didn't mm,
0: complete just that kidding. trade for. Anyway, I've got nothing against um, him. He's a,
1: he's a, he's actually a really sweet guy. I've met him a few times. Um, but it's just, it's just. I think, yeah, like you said, I I agree with you on the Ravens thing. I need to see more out of them. I think every team has shown vulnerabilities this year. I don't think there's like one juggernaut. But I think the A. I mean, honestly, I would put I'm the top five to AFC think, teams against the top five NFC uh, teams and take I'm the AFC of all day the long. Top
0: five NFC teams. You know, you if I have to think about it that hard, if I have to think about it that hard, you probably right because I, I was thinking, I was thinking Green Bay, Tampa, Green Bay, Seattle. Tampa. Um, yeah, but I can't. I can't. I don't know who. I mean, the it's not the 49ers. Be. So yes, no,
2: it's not. <laughs> no, it's not gonna be it's not the NFC Clayton's East. Um, awful.
0: I would say maybe I mean the, the Chicago Rams, Bears, that's what I was maybe. Thinking. Um the Rams, saves, I'd put the Rams on there too. Shaky is God knows what. I put Seattle, I'd put the Rams they're able to pull out wins from their house. No, Come on, man! You're on
1: the breezes wash bandwagon. You no. can't pick the Saints. Yeah, it probably it probably be the Rams. It'd probably and the, be the I Rams. mean, I'd say the Chicago Bears, yeah. but tonight that game against that game against the and Rams, it, they they got, he got beat got up.
0: twice because he kept watching. Yeah. the West Ham. especially with Jalen Ramsey played out
1: of his mind but tonight. Another former pick, so. Jaguar. God pretty damn pretty it!
0: Uh, is that all for the Pittsburgh? Oh, so all right. So that's yeah. it for the Pittsburgh, Tennessee. Yeah, he did. Um. All right, okay, let's again. keep it rolling. Ooh, thank you. It's going to take 18 minutes for this to load up.
1: Oh, wait. Hang on. One more thing you're on right.
0: that before while you're
1: loading up the sounder. Uh, I was right.
0: Oh, come on. He had 20 carries for 75 yards at a touchdown. I'm right
1: about this whole running back thing. I played in the backfield like you always mentioned. I hate saying. What, against the best running defense. He had 20 you carries about? and, and got, got t- 75 yards. He got a touchdown. There is no running. There is no running defense against Derrick Henry.
0: The dude's a monster. So you expect him to get two hundred yards again? They lost you You're going to tell me?
1: You're going to tell me? TJ Watt, the baby brother, the little one. Have you seen, seen a-
0: JJ? JJ still hasn't gotten a sack this year. I think so. TJ is no, way saying better than between,
1: him. Between no, between TJ and then ha ah, that young dude. I forget his name. Sanlin on
0: um they gotta they, if you look up statistically, they're the best running defense. I said this last week after they gave no, up no. that 74 yarder to Miles Sanders, after that they shut down the Eagles for six uh yards from Sanders at least.
1: I'm not disagreeing with you that the, they have the best defense. I know they do. According, they have the best defense against the rush. But what I'm saying is that you're going to let TJ Watt and Hang on, I'm looking at the Bobby. <laughs> let's Spillane. not forget.
0: Hold on, hold on. You're destroying facts now because let's not forget Taylor Luan for Tennessee is out. That was a big key in their offensive line. Yeah, so, he is yes, the best now tackle when in T.J. the NFL. and yeah. Stephen two line up. It makes a difference. <laughs> Robert Spillane, a six foot one, two hundred twenty nine pounds.
1: Kid out of Western Michigan Doug doesn't even show a draft status, so he's undrafted. You're gonna let him take down big bad King Henry.
0: Did he take him down by himself? No, it was oh, a team
1: effort.
0: Here. <laughs> 20 carats. Maybe any other running back who had uh, over 75 yards yesterday. It's not gonna be much. Oh, than you want a running back
1: that had over 75 yards yesterday? I'll give you one right now. James Robinson, undrafted for the Jacksonville
0: Jaguars. Wait for it. Wait for it. And who'd they go up against? The trial, but that's not the point. You asked me. Okay. That's the point. Matchups make fights.
1: No, I know. I just, I'm just saying no one has more respect for King Henry than I do. All I'm saying is.
0: As a King Henry
1: fantasy owner,
0: I was appreciative <laughs> yesterday. That's all I'll say. There it is. There,
1: it is. there All right. Yesterday. That's all I wanted to say. Let's go to the one more round.
2: Come, Tommy! I didn't hear no bell. Come,
0: come, come, Tommy. One more round. All right. One more round. I will take this first. All right. First one's uh, all you, Fred baby. He was alluding to it earlier. He said he had turned off his game. Uh, we were Zooming, Zooming, streaming, twitching on Thursday while Thursday Night Football was happening. The Eagles, why do they hate me? I don't know. I guess the same thing.
1: I told you, to <laughs> put that in the Discord, and I said, I say the same thing every Sunday around 3 o'clock.
0: They, they go down to the, 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 the god-awful Giants. Uh, uh, Daniel Jones makes a comedy of his life by running 80 yards down the field and then fumble, stumbles over himself. That was hilarious. And, and then to the point where I think it was 21, it eventually became 21 13 or something, and I was like, you know what? I'm done. I can't take this anymore. My heart can't take this anymore. They're going to raise my blood pressure, and I'm going to pass out because they are so infuriating. So I just turned off the TV and I let Greg walk me through everything. And then the final we all did. We were all on that Twitch together. Yeah, listening everybody to Greg's everybody play-by-play. was watching the game. And after they scored the first touchdown, I decided to turn the game back on. And I just couldn't. Took off my headphones. I couldn't listen to you guys. And I watched. Uh, Carson Wentz, who's been phenomenal in the fourth quarter, been damn near 100% uh, in the fourth quarter with like five touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, the last two fourth quarters between this one and the Baltimore game. I still won't forget Doug Peterson for that uh, two-point conversion call in the Baltimore game. Um, hmm. And we won the game. We won the game. Thank God Almighty, we won the game.
1: All right. Yeah, they it took them a lot to win that game, but they
0: did win. <laughs> Took everything. It took everything. One more round. All
1: right. Uh, my one more round um, is going to be Jacksonville against the Chargers. I already alluded to it. Um, it was nice to see the offense get um, clicking, kind of coming together. Uh, we actually had the lead in this game uh, for go, um, going into the half, I believe, um, and then almost all of the third quarter. And then. Justin Herbert just kind of came out of his shell a little bit, made some great throws. Uh, defense could not stop anybody. Again, that's the MO. Um, the last six games, teams have scored 30 plus points on us in every single game. Um, the offense, it was, like I said, it was good to see the offense actually scoring some points. I know I've been talking about it. Gardner Minshew looked very uncomfortable in the pocket. The, um, probably after week two, starting like week three through six, he looked like he wanted to run first before everything. Um, but, you know, this game, he, he held it together. Uh, he did run around a little bit, but I was happy to see the offense score some points. Just still wor- really worried about the defense. Of course, we are missing three of our starters. We're always missing a handful of starters, but it's the fucking NFL. So is everybody else. So, you know, it's it's very frustrating to watch in real time. A lot of times I have to wait till the game ends and then go back and watch the replay because my heart <laughs> can't take it.
0: Um I did want to touch on this game. Um one thing in particular. Um, so we've seen Herbert for now, what, six weeks since he took over? And to me, he appears, he appeared to have one of the best deep balls. Um, every week looking at his stats, he completes a deep ball better than a lot of, uh, quarterbacks. So I did some number crunching this morning. Um, so last year, uh, Kyler Murray had the best deep ball accuracy. Now, when they did this yeah. number, they take into account um, catchable incompletions and all of these other mumbo-jumbos. Um, I just did basically uh, whether it was caught or not. I can't give you all those specialty numbers that they pulled in. But Kyler Murray last year had a 61.2 percentage point. Last year, Patrick Mahomes had a 60.7. That's deep ball accuracy, including all those extra fancy things. So I just went on completion com- percentage. This year, on passes of 21 or more, Herbert is 46%. Kyler Murray is 35%. Now, somebody who I consider to have a good deep ball, Russell Wilson, I decided to look him up and crunch those numbers. He's at 48%. And then somebody oh, wow. who you would think would is has one of the greatest deep balls, Patrick Mahomes is only at 24%. So my eyes are not lying to me. Justin Herbert has one of the best deep balls in the game. R.I.P. to our producer, Greg, because he also uh, made that uh, assertion to me back when we were all watching Hard Knocks and at the start of the season that he has a really nice deep ball. And yeah, Greg, you were right. Too bad you're not here to uh, hear it. (laughs) That's insane.
1: One more row. All
0: right. You lead the next one.
1: All right, the last one I wanted to talk about was Tampa Bay, Las Vegas. The only reason I put this on the rundown at all was because anybody who watched that game, because I watched most of that game in real time, that game was a lot closer than the final score shows. what the final the, score end uh, up
0: being? Like 45, 45 to 20? 20.
1: Okay. 45 to 20. Yeah, so going into the fourth <laughs> quarter, um, so Tampa Bay scores 21 on uh, 21. I don't want to say unanswered because yeah, yeah. uh, the Raiders did kick a field goal in the fourth quarter, but they scored 21 in the fourth quarter. And. <clears throat> You know, Brady kind of turned it on in the fourth quarter, but my whole point was the fact that that game was a lot closer than the final score showed and Las Vegas was missing a bunch of key players. You know, half their offensive line was out because of COVID protocol. So they kept that game a lot closer than what the final score says. I just wanted to bring that up because. There's a lot of talk about like, you know, a lot of these shows, these debate shows, these fabricated, like we have to argue about something shows are, you know, doing the whole Bill Belichick versus Tom Brady thing. And first of all, Bill Belichick's not worried about just one season you know he's thinking years in advance and tom brady's just trying to get one or two more great seasons so that's it's a moot point but the other big thing is like yeah, yeah tom had a great game
0: it wasn't a blowout like they weren't up uh, the um, whole the, you know what i mean like so i just wanted to make sure i put
1: that on the record but, that
0: uh, we don't have this in the one more round but i will just tack this on yeah it uh, wasn't nearly
1: as bad as it appeared to be
0: what do you think about the new england performance other day
1: i mean it it was weird after week. What was that after week two? You and I were both calling for an extension for uh, Cam, and now it looks like Cam. It, it looks like he's lost out there. I don't know if maybe it's um, maybe COVID because he got COVID. I don't know. If maybe that's affecting him long term. I was going to
0: say I don't know because we don't know the long term ramification when a player comes back from that. How they're gonna. Yeah, and like everyone reacts react differently. React some people differently. are
1: asymptomatic and yeah, some people almost die. So I don't, I don't yeah. know if maybe. And, and not he, even that. I mean, throwing. there was
0: a, there was a uh, article in the New York, I think it was the New York Times a couple of weeks ago where it said people that with well, this one lady in particular, it was detailing her story. Um, she was a lawyer for, I want to say a nonprofit, but that has nothing to do with this. Um, and she had got COVID. And then after three months, she was experienced brain fog still. Like she couldn't remember how to brush her teeth. She thought she needed to call somebody for help, but couldn't remember who to call. So like if, if it's messing with your brain and your, your ability to make, uh, your decision making, uh, that is a big thing for a quarterback. Now, Cam has said that, um, he's not experiencing any of this, but, we know what football players do. They suck up and they don't want to make oh, uh, yeah. excuses. So yeah.
1: if physically he's feeling okay, I think he would do anything to stay in the game. You know what I mean? Exactly. And if he's, just if he's having, to watch. Um, Yeah. Well, and the other thing too, is I don't know if he's fully healthy. He's been taking some hits this year and his throwing motion looks way off lately, not way off, but it looks like he's doing that elongated throwing motion again. And it almost looks yeah. like his shoulders banged up again. And he's just trying not to say anything about it.
0: Oh, yeah, speaking he looks of to be laboring. I was gonna
1: say speaking of injuries and everything, did you, what do you just real quick, I know I know we try to condense the show down a little more so we'd stop running two hours, but it's fine. We're gonna end up tagging every game. What did you think about <laughs> the Dallas situation that hit on um the Red Rocket okay, I mean, and i forgot Dalton. to
0: put that in the rundown because I wanted to make fun of them because they lost. Um <clears throat>
1: Uh, I mean, I felt bad for Andy. I mean, he that was a that was a dirty oh, of fucking game. I, I feel bad for it. I feel bad for Andy. Yes, um, but um, but Mike McCarthy <laughs> talking about his players should have reacted differently. Like, what do you want to brawl on the field, dude? Like,
0: yeah, I mean, I, mean, I would have fought do somebody with him. That's what I'm saying. If, I would have fought if somebody court, if if one of yours gets hit. I mean, anytime we see we see lesser tip shots um, where people don't get knocked out of games, start brawls. Um, <laughs> Dude, I don't know if that I means saw- they don't like Andy. I don't know if that means they just they ha- don't have their heart in the game. Um it, it 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 is uh it is troubling. I mean that team Every year we talk. we've, we've talked about a number of times. Every show in America has talked about how every year the Cowboys going to every season with expectations and every year yeah. they are horrible. So it's like, do they even care to win games? Do they care? Or they're just happy collecting their paychecks and walking off the bus.
1: It was weird. I thought I, I really, when I, when I watched the replay of it, um, cause it was on in the gym, like that's all they were talking about on first take, it seemed like. But when I watched the replay of it, it almost seems like you see some Mr. of the Calvary linemen. That's all they're going to talk about. Yeah. You, when you watch some of the linemen's reactions, they almost look like they're in shock. Like, how the, how is this happening? Like, how does Dak go down? And now this, yeah. now Andy Dalton, like they're all kind of like looking around like what? And like they rush the medical team over and stuff, but they, they almost look shocked. Like they couldn't react. Like, and you know what I mean? Like they're almost kind yeah. of like, what is going on? So I mean, not, I, mean you, I don't, I don't you, understand. It, like,
0: I don't want to be the one advocating for violence, but even if not in the moment, uh, later in the game, you will see like a I continued, <laughs> in, especially in an NFL game where it's constant contact, you'll see like an elevated uh, sense of kippiness, a lot more pushing and stuff like that. And it just felt like the body language from the Cowboys is like, they didn't want to be there. They don't care.
1: Defeated. They're yeah. defeated. They're, they've already, they're, already, they're, they're going to win the NFC East and they they're quit. Not in week
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: So yeah. You know what they say? Violence is the supreme authority under which all other authority is derived.
0: Uh, I don't know why my roommate is yelling at the top of his lungs, but okay. Um, is that is that it? Sorry, I'm over here know. quoting Starship Troopers. <laughs>
1: yeah, let's move on. NCAA football. We're going to talk about some college football, y'all, here in the South. We love it. Not me. No, you're not watching anything. Um, I'm going to do the same thing I do every week when it comes to the NCAA. We're going to kind of fly through it. Um, Notre Dame came back in a big bad way, got a big old win this week. Um, hang on. Let me find my notes. Um, ba-ba-ba. all right. So, uh, first all, I want to talk about the Big Ten. So the Big Ten opened up, um, this week and it was, um, Chalk, all chalk, except for P- uh, Penn State. Penn State lost to Indiana on a final drive, almost very, Penn State goes down. Very similar to the, um, situation with, uh, uh, Detroit and Atlanta. That same, Todd Gurley, that same kind of thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, so everyone else rolls in uh, in a big way. Wisconsin beats Illinois 45 to seven. Um, uh, Ohio State put up like 40, or excuse me, 52 on Nebraska. So it was, um, it was big. It was a big game uh for the big 10, 49 Michigan over Minnesota, which was weird because Minnesota has been touted as this pretty good team the last few years and Michigan put it on them. Um, So it was mainly chalk, like I said, except for Penn State. It
0: was ranked like well into the season last year. Yeah.
1: So except for Penn State. uh, Other than that, in the top 25, there were no real big upsets. Um, Like I said, Notre Dame put 45 on Pittsburgh, which was uh, crazy to see. Notre Dame, for those of you who don't know, is playing in the ACC ACC. this year.
0: Sorry. Go ahead. Before we move on, I would say now you're in ACC. Um, Big 12, Big 12, Big 10. uh so the Wisconsin game, bad quarterback, young uh, redshirt freshman goes off. Then he gets COVID. Then he tests positive for COVID. The Big Ten has, in their protocol, you can't play for 21 days. It's not the regular – um If he tests, if he continues to test positive, he can't play it again for 21 days. Chase Wolf
1: is who you're talking about. Their whole
0: season could be imploded. So you're talking about- Their whole season could be imploded. Yeah,
1: you want to hear something crazy? Uh, Mert, Chase Wolf's backup, also tested positive for COVID.
0: Wow. So the quarterback room basically tested positive. Yeah. So this is why we shouldn't be playing. Go ahead. Sorry. And it's funny that it happens. No, I understand I mean, that not funny, sad, of course, uh, but irony that it happens the week that the Big Ten comes back.
1: Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Um, yeah, that that is bizarre. I think they'll probably do that thing because it's so the NBA did this, too. I mean, they didn't really have any cases, but I know the NFL has been doing this where they've got all this stuff on paper. About, you know what I mean? About like what they're going to do if someone tests positive. But then as soon as it happens to one of their star players, they're like, oh, well, I mean, that's what we had on paper, but he had two negative tests in a row. So he can
0: play again. The thing is, the thing is, the Big Ten can't do that because as Kornheiser's been saying, I know you watch PTI, so that's why I'm referencing it. They came into this whole year than now. They said we're not gonna have a season. Everybody started the season. Okay, we're gonna bring back a season, but we're gonna put these different stipulations. So if he tests positive one more time, 21 days, then not just the regular 14 days like Florida, who hasn't yeah. played like in three weeks, it feels like now, have been waiting around. 21 days. That's three weeks. That's the rest of the season, basically, because they're only going to have six, seven games. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it, it'll be interesting to so see. I all mean, all
0: Wisconsin's hope is gone.
1: I mean, yes and no. I mean, it was a young kid playing. I mean, he was a freshman, wasn't he? Yeah.
0: It was two quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, that's true. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, <laughs> Your Miami uh, Hurricanes roll. They didn't roll. They They beat Virginia, though. The one and four Virginia. Yeah, 19 to 14. So they are now five and one, four and one in the ACC. Um, North Carolina, after that weird loss. destroyed nc state and nc state's not a slouch nc state's a ranked team and they rolled them so um i think north carolina i have it in the show notes the tar heels are back baby (laughs) um even though they really didn't go anywhere and then uh not bad news my florida atlantic um, my Florida Atlantic Owls lost to Marshall. We did cover though. So that's the good news. Um, but we did lose to five and 0 Marshall who is ranked 22nd in the nation. Um, by 11. We were, uh, the, the spread on that game was 16 and a half points, and we only lost by 11. That was a very upsetting game to watch <laughs> because we had hope all the way until the last four minutes of the fourth quarter. And then we got stopped on fourth down. Marshall went down and scored, and that was the game. But we were in it the whole game now until the, guys, the last uh, few minutes. One and one. Yeah, one and one in week nine of the NCAA yeah, <laughs> One and one in week nine. Perfect. So we'll see what happens. We won Conference USA last year, but we'll see what happens this year. Um, So that's my NCAA football wrap up.
0: Um, uh, To end your wrap up, as I've been doing the last couple of weeks, just so I say something during this segment. um, Drop from the rankings this week, Virginia Tech. Sorry, Kyle. Dropped from 19 to out of the rankings. Minnesota, as you said, as you alluded to earlier, dropped from 21. And NC State, like you alluded to, dropped out from 23. All right. Wow, Liberty is receiving Are you looking votes. at the updated
1: ones right now? Yeah.
0: You, where's Marshall? Are they still at 22? Uh, Marshall's Marshall's 19th. Yeah, so 19. we lost to
1: the 19th ranked team in the
0: nation only by a little bit. Yeah. Florida is 10th, two and they're 2-1. and And, it, again, it's week, it's week 9. this season's a shit show this this is a shit show why are we doing this speaking of shit show speaking of shit shows the MLB World Series is going on me and Brennan Brennan called it all the way but I called the Rays they would be in it Uh, we have a 3-2 3-2 series last night, Sunday night. The Dodgers uh, took that game after Manuel Margot couldn't steal home. It was it was epic. I thought they should have reviewed it just for the sake of reviewing it because it did look like he probably stole home, but they hmm. didn't review it. Um, and the Dodgers take the lead. Kershaw gets two games in one series for the first time in his career, I believe. How about um, don't game correct four, me though that, even if I got it wrong. Yeah, that's what I was getting to, baby. Uh, Game four ended 7-8. It ends on something I have never seen. I'm pretty much sure no one has ever seen because everyone said they've never seen it. Uh, The game is 7-6 in the ninth, bottom of the ninth. Um, This game would be in Tampa if, you know, the world wasn't burning. Um, (laughs) And Brandon Phillips hits a blooper to center field, right center field. Um, Chris Taylor, the center field, goes to scoop it up, hobbles the ball on the transfer, bringing in one run. Two men were on, by the way. Bringing in one run. Randy Arena flies around third base, falls, trips, and as Taylor gets it to the cutoff man, the cutoff man throws it to the catcher. I believe it was Will Smith. Will Smith turns, but like a receiver who tries to make a move before he catches the ball, Will Smith never caught the ball. The ball flies to the backstop. Randy Rosarito, who fell and then was trying to get back to third, then gets back up, dives home, and the Rays win 8-7. The most bizarre thing I've ever seen. The game ended on double errors. Oh, my gosh. The juices were flowing at That's that point, That's why buddy. we
1: play the game. I was really hoping that they were you gonna play
0: until the whistle.
1: I was really hoping they were gonna turn that into winning that game in that kind of fashion, and then all of a sudden winning Game Five and, and taking it. Yeah, just taking a three-two yeah. lead, and then we definitely would have had to get Tyler on here to talk about his doyas, but um. It's yeah, been a crazy yeah. series. I'm glad. I'm. I. It feels like the World Series. I'm actually watching this. You know, I don't watch a lot of baseball during the regular season, nice. especially this. But I'm actually. I'm actually paying attention to this too. Maybe it's because I just watched Moneyball on Netflix the uh, last week. But I'm paying attention. <laughs>
0: Well, um, there's nothing better than postseason baseball because everything can change on one thing. Like, you have to, like, that game, that 7 8 game looked to be over five times. It felt like, but the Rays kept clawing back, clawing back. That ninth inning, it looked like it wasn't going to happen. And then they pull out a double era, to score single double out of their ass. And it's like, yeah. what the hell did I just watch? Well, that's
1: the crazy <laughs> thing with baseball. And I know people who like baseball and watch baseball already know this. But this is something I didn't learn until much later in life because I always played, you know, football. I never played baseball. Even growing up, I never played Little League. I was yeah. and it's like my grandmother uh, on my mom's side loves baseball and she's a huge Cleveland Indians fan. Cause she lives in Ohio. So a lot of times when I go to visit her, we watch mm-hmm. baseball and, in my older age, I started to realize like, like, you're just saying like everything can change on one pitch. Like, you know, they, yeah. one pitch they connect and then it's like, Oh my God, we were just down four, but you know, there was two runners on and now all of a sudden we're down one run. And it's like, it's, it's insane how it can, I mean, I know all sports can change on a dime, but baseball—it's so weird, just
0: because of the baseball. Score, like, it's it's way more is way more of a dime. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just because of how it's set up just because of how it's set up. It's all you're. it's always one person against nine people. Yeah. You're always yeah, that's, it's, starting in a rut basically. And I feel, I feel <laughs> really
1: because I joke with people all the time. I say I should have, I definitely should have played baseball because I'm built like a prototypical first baseman and I am not built like any sort of athlete yeah. for football. Um, so it's just, <laughs> it's just funny though. Cause then I got into it later in life. And I, like I said, I've been following the world, the world series one, because um, I called the, this, but to be honest with everybody, I, I just kind of <laughs> read a couple articles and then picked chalk. So I, I don't really know how much credit I get for that. Yeah,
0: I was the one chalk.
1: So. Yeah, but um, yeah, but yeah it's been, it's but been a try, great series. I try to be
0: exotic by going with the Padres. So. Uh,
1: yeah, you took my underdog stance to a whole new level. Um, I really <laughs> hope it goes to game seven, though, <laughs> for sure. a great
0: season. Yeah. I think it will go to game seven. Um, so game six it will be Tuesday, game seven, if necessary. I always love when I see that, uh, icon, not icon, but a uh, graphic, uh, will be Wednesday. I think it will go to seven because the Dodgers next game are going to have a bullpen game, which they tried in game two and they got blowed up. Um, Blake Snell will be out there for the Rays who had what four, four and two thirds. He had four innings, no hit. Um, then got touched up in the fifth and they pulled him in their bullpen is a bunch of guys that's throwing 100 miles Yeah, per 98. Hour. They got a stable, um, baby. So stable they, of horses. I think they'll, I think they'll, I think they, yeah, they got a stable of horses that throw 98, 99. That's what, uh, Kevin Cash yeah. said when, uh, the, the, the Yankees were throwing at his guys. Um, but yeah, no, I think they'll win Game Six, and then Game Seven. Charlie Morton, who's uh, who won a Game Seven for the Houston Astros a couple of years ago, um, we'll see. It'll be him versus. I'm assuming Walker Bueller, and um, you think they're gonna pull Kershaw into- if there's a. I was about to say, if there's a game seven, they might have to pull Kershaw on what is, uh, that's gonna effectively be sh- three days' rest. Yeah, and then he's going
1: to, if he gets touched up in a game seven on <laughs> two, three two days, rest, half days' rest, he's going to, oh my God, because well, his whole rap is the, game the whole we thing. Play. Yeah.
0: That's the game we play. Oh that's why ah. this can make or break your legacy, man. It's it's nerve wracking. You feel great for one person, you feel bad for another person in in the same moment. God, it's that's why uh, that's why we love sports, baby. All right, let's keep it going.
1: You'll be surprised how quick, it-
2: quick, Name a hit. quick hits.
0: All right, time for the quick hits. Uh. This is where we would... Brennan, you you do this more eloquently than me. Go for okay. it. Okay.
1: So the quick hits, we're going to have three to five questions. Um, we're going to ask each other. Uh, we've already kind of researched some of the questions, kind of looked into it, but this is just something that doesn't really fit in the rundown of the show. So we just have it. It has its own segment. It used to be um, our former producer, rest in peace, L. Greg. Uh, would ask us the questions, but he's no longer with us. So now Joe and I just kind of ask each other the questions.
0: Joe, you put this first one in here, so that go ahead. That was the part I really wanted. <laughs> that was the, what I really wanted. That dig at our ex producer. Um, still love you, buddy. Um, yeah. Rest Tua in peace. soon is what I asked. Um, last week we were talking about two entering the game for two passes of nine yards. At the end of that game, uh, we were like, hey, you know. Dolphins are looking respectable, three and three, not far back in the division. And uh, when, if ever, do they put two in for the rest of the season? who would have known by the end of that week they would decide yeah. to put him in for the rest I of the season? I remember, I, because
1: I, we were joking about this in the Discord, but I was like, well, he'll probably play before the year's out, but I don't, I mean, Fitzpatrick is playing pretty well, so I don't think he's going to play anytime soon. But I remember saying he'll play before the year is out, and then all of a sudden, like, what was it, yeah. a day later, Adam Schefter... Uh, before
0: the year out yeah, is the next day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I
1: was like, all right, well, I guess they listen to the pod, but... um. Yeah, I, I
0: think, I don't know. I guess they did it because I said, don't play him for the whole year. Well, did
1: you see, I felt bad. Ryan Fitzpatrick was kind of like, he basically came out and said, I, I was blindsided. Like, I've been playing, I know I had a couple bad games, yeah. but I've been playing well this season and we're winning and then they just benched me. I think it was a situation of the Tony Romo, Dak Prescott thing where everyone's like, well, Romo's coming back, Romo's coming back, Romo's coming back, and then...
0: I think it's that whole thing where, like, Fitzpatrick would have... Well, that's weird because, I mean, in that situation, uh, Romo's coming back. Romo was the veteran in this situation. Yeah, but two was coming I think it's back, that, it's that same
1: mentality of, like, the guy that we have in there is the guy we know is not going to be the long-term starter. So I think Fitzpatrick would have had to go, like, 5-1 and one or 6-0 and oh for them not to start Tua. Does that make sense? That's what I mean. It's like that whole mindset that's like, it, this it isn't our sense. guy. The guy
0: on the bench is our guy. It makes sense, but the thing, it, it, the oh. only reason that comparison can't make sense is because they stuck with Dak Prescott. <laughs> they yeah, didn't but- go back to Robo. <laughs>
1: That's true.
0: <laughs> but
1: what I'm, basically, I'll, I'll, I guess what I'm trying to say is that the the guy who's playing in the game is would, not the guy who want. The, is exactly. It's not the guy yeah. that they want, and the so he would have to do something astounding to continue to be the starter. And Dak did that. Dak went eight yeah. and one, so they kept him the starter. You can't bring Romo in when the guy's eight and one. But on the flip side, now Fitzpatrick is not their guy. Two is their guy, and Fitzpatrick yeah. is only three and three, and he's had two. He's had two awesome games, Fitzmagic Magic games, but he's had two shitty games. So they're kind of yeah. like, well, if you if you're gonna play up and down, we might as well put the rookie in.
0: Yeah, I I just don't. Um I, fe- I felt like uh he could have benefited from more time and then like a better first yeah, you game and I His, his sorry his first game is going to be I that was not me smoking people I had a That's exactly that what it sounded situation. like. <laughs> it sounded like I was like I know what this sounds like but I'm having a hiccup burp situation. Um uh, his first game is gonna be against the vaunted defense that we just saw on Monday Night Football, uh, the Rams. So hey, yeah. here, kid, here's your first start, Aaron Donald. Uh, How's your surgically <laughs>
1: repaired hip? Hey, here's one of the best pass rushes in the NFL. Oh, by the yeah. way, a shutdown Pro Bowl corner, or excuse me, All Pro corner on the other side.
0: Yeah, so it, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, um, to see. I, I think it's too soon. I think it's way too soon. I think it's Tua. I think we know the title of the episode. Uh, I didn't even try that, but yeah, Tua. Wait, Sui. is that racially insensitive? No, because his name is Tua.
1: I know. I just don't. It's a pun. It's just a pun. No, I get that, but I feel like we're making fun of his Hawaiian heritage.
0: <sighs> Brennan, don't make me feel. All right, that won't be the title of the episode. Now no, 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 no make it the title. I don't, I can I say his full name: Tua Tagovaloa. Boom. Suck it. I'm. Whatever. Let's go. All right. not going to be the episode title. All right. Next (laughs) question. You put this one on here, so I want to know what this is about. (laughs) Next question. This is really just another dig at Greg. We could make this one sweet and short. But uh, boomstick, Bryson DeChambeau claims to have hit a 400-yard driver. Now, that is in the air before it even rolls once it hits the ground. Now, I just want to go back to – Uh, flashback to when me and you said that he said he's going to put another 15 pounds going into the Masters so he can add more distance on his driver. And Greg said, no, he's going to put that on so he can fight out of roughs. Him telling us he's at a 400-yard driver doesn't seem like he's just trying to fight out of roughs here.
1: Yeah, it looks like we called that. um, Well, we didn't call it. We were just repeating what he had originally said. So you know, listening to him. Yeah, and I feel (laughs) bad with, you know, Talking about someone who's passed on, but you know, Greg, you were wrong on this one, oh, Greg. So, um, I'm sorry to tell you, buddy, wherever you're listening to this, you know, hopefully you can rest a little easier knowing that you were wrong about this one.
0: Yeah. All right. You give me the,
1: you give me the next one, Um, bud. All right. So, the last one we have under quick hits. Um, this, uh, we, you and I talked about, uh, and we have talked about on and off for the last week, but, um, Antonio Brown was originally thought to sign with the Seattle, uh, I don't know if we talked
0: about it on here. No, Not we didn't. You it. and
1: I have talked about it personally, oh, though. Okay, okay, okay. Antonio Brown was scheduled. To, it looked like all things considered, was going to sign with the Seattle Seahawks. He ends up signing with uh, Tampa Bay. Now, there's so many things, so many layers to this. Thank I don't want to focus him Tampa. <laughs> yes, I don't. <laughs> I don't want to focus on... Oh, I didn't say Tampa Bay. Uh, You
0: know what? You don't have to.
1: (laughs) Um, I don't want to focus on all all of the different layers and the minutia to it. Um, Basically, Bruce Arians said back in March, he is not a fit for this team. Bruce Arians has some history with him being the offensive coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Says he's not a fit here. Basically, we're not going to sign him. Fast forward, they've had a few injuries at wide receiver, but again, so is everybody else. Your team, my team, all these teams have had injuries at wide receiver. Nobody went out to sign Antonio. Brown, And I'm sure it took some persuading from Tom Brady, even though it said it had nothing to do with him, but they signed him. Basically, the question is, do you think he will hurt himself or Tampa Bay? And with all the allegations, with everything circling around him, I just wanted to get this on the record. There's clearly something wrong with him. Mentally, be it from football or CT or whatever. No, no, no. Sorry. I'm, well, yeah, allegedly. I think we have to say allegedly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> There's allegedly something seriously wrong with him. He has no idea about boundaries. He has no idea, like privacy. He, he just doesn't under, it seems like he's not allegedly understanding these things, <laughs> which. From all my years being around mental health institutions and whatnot, because I've gone through a lot of the similar effects from concussions and stuff, mm. I don't think we should be so concerned about this guy playing in the NFL. I think we should be concerned about him getting some sort of help. And everyone now, it's just the big story is like, oh, what's he going to do for Tom? I don't think this is a good thing. I don't, he's not right in his head. And everyone's just kind of like, well, strap it up. Let's keep him playing. Like, I, I just think this is a bad mix all the way around between everything he's been accused of, allegedly done, the things we, he, we've seen him do with his Facebook lives and his recordings and like all that kind of stuff. I, I don't Instagram think him lives. playing. Yeah, I don't think him playing football should be any sort of priority right now. But I wanted to get, I just wanted to air that out there and then get your take on it.
0: Um,. I think I think what you said uh stands for the both of us and I will say I will get into this a bit more in my walk off. Speaking of
1: How you left that part in there? You can smile. That's okay. Especially, yeah,
0: I left it in because mine have been so
1: depressing lately. Even my fun one last week about movie quotes was still sad.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, mine's haven't been uh, the the rosy all over too. So, um, but yeah, this is the walk-off. This is where we uh, don't interrupt each other. We get however long we want on a certain topic. Um, we tell the folks how we feel. Last week I went first, so I concede the floor to my humble partner Brennan.
1: Okay, so like I alluded to, um, the last few of mine, um, even last week when I tried to keep it a little lighter, it still got a little dusty um, in my apartment, or excuse me, in my house. Um, and then the ones before that, I straight up cried, and the two before that. So
0: Ooh, what you I did, in the house, huh? <laughs> He lives in a house. Oh, yeah.
1: You like how I corrected myself? Um So this one I'm going to keep um, light. This is going to be more of a fun one. um Still a true story. This is actually um, a story that is a true story. Happened to me. I turned it into a bit on stage for uh, my stand-up. But I want to tell kind of the full version of the story here. And it's entitled, I Didn't Even Notice. I'm going to start this walk off with something I do all the time. Reference a movie quote. This has all the relevance to what I will be talking about tonight. In Al Pacino's final speech in any given Sunday, he has a line that couldn't be more relevant if I wrote it myself. When you get old in life, things get taken from you. That's a part of life. But you don't notice it until you start losing stuff. And that is the exact situation I found myself in when it came to my quote unquote athletic ability last year. In the past seven years, with no connection to playing any real sports, I have tried to maintain some semblance of fitness. When I left football over 10 years ago and went on that crazy life path that everyone has heard about, I had ballooned up to almost 300 pounds and was wildly out of shape. So when I came to Jacksonville to go to rehab in 2013, I started working out again. As I have openly stated, I have had trouble maintaining sobriety from 2013 until 2018, but still managed to hit the gym regularly in that time. The biggest problem I had and still have at the gym is cardio. In the past two and a half plus years, I have been sober. I hit the gym very hard, terrified to go back to that gross, out of shape Brennan I was before. Here's the thing. Even if you go to the gym six days a week and clang and bang, stupid heavy weight like I do, it does very little for your cardiovascular conditioning as well as your overall body fat. I have a belly that is a constant reminder of that. So my resolution in 2019 was to get more cardio in somehow. Now I cannot do, I cannot stand doing the Stairmaster or elliptical at the gym. It hits too close to home as a metaphor for life, working extremely hard and going nowhere. So I had to figure something else out. In my older age, I still had my hyper competitiveness and an unrelenting desire to win. So I figured some sort of rec or intramural league would be best. I got on Facebook and found a local group of people who played kickball and it was open to anyone who wanted to join. So I signed up. The great Deion Sanders says, if you look good, you will play good. So the Friday before my first appearance, I went to Dick's Sporting Goods, spent way too much money I didn't have on apparel. I got the cleats that matched the socks, that matched the headband, that matched the sweatbands. The next day I went to play. Anyone who listens to this podcast or has seen my standup knows I was never a top tier athlete and that I had to supplement my lack of athletic ability with hard work and dedication. However, if you were to randomly meet me in a social setting, that would not be your impression. I tend to stretch the truth just a little bit to try and impress people. With that and all that sweet, sweet gear I had on, I was picked pretty early in the team selection process. It was less of a league and more of a bunch of younger people who wanted, to, uh, who wanted an excuse to be outside and drink with their friends in the afternoon. I thought I would clean up this kickball league, quote unquote. Now, I don't know how many of our listeners have ever overestimated their athletic ability past the age of 25, but I sure did. After the first inning, I realized it did not matter how good I looked. Not today, Dion, not today. I was swinging wildly at the kickball, and in the outfield, I was struggling to catch my breath after running down loose hits. It got to the point where by the third inning, our team captain – Some young punk guy who just graduated from UNF with his shirt off and his fucking abs out said, hey, who brought the old guy? I got called the old guy by a kid who went to a school that didn't even have a football team. I realized I had lost it. Whatever small piece of athleticism I used to have was gone. I took the anger and the next time it was my turn to hit or kick or whatever you call it in kickball, I just crushed it. Boom out of the park and I just turned and said hey who's the old guy now and I walked off the field and into my car I walked off the field because I pulled every muscle in my right leg but they didn't need to know that that's just between us sitting in my hot car sweating and lighting up a cigarette was the moment I realized Al Pacino was right it was taken from me and I didn't even notice
0: that was so great I love that you walked off in your yeah, walk off, yeah, yeah. Oh shit. I didn't even catch it until you I just didn't said even that. Catch that. I thought that's where you were gonna end it, and then you kept going. Nah,
1: nah yeah, that was damn. Strange. And earlier when
0: I was finishing it up,
1: because like I said, it's a bit on stage. But I was like, well, I'm gonna give the full context of the story. So I, I was like writing it, and I was even like, man, I gotta think of a good way to end it. And I should have <laughs> just because I end when I tell it on stage, I end it with, and then I walked off.
0: Uh, no. <laughs> ah, I should have left we it the way the it was <laughs> <laughs> That was good Also I don't like that dig you took at UNF uh, Proud UNF alum here
1: um, I always when I do that on stage I always make sure to reference that I got called the old guy by a guy who did, went to a school that Didn't have a football team
0: <laughs> Man I'm not going to talk about that uh, Undefeated I'll tell you that one Um, <laughs> I never got one of those shirts that felt Disastrous all right. That was great, man. That was, that was funny. Yeah,
1: I was trying to keep it light. Like yeah. I said, I've been tearing up the last few, so I was <laughs> yeah. like, eh,
0: I'll do something fun. All right. All right. Now it's time for me, and I will tell Brain to shut up. Shut up. Time for me to talk. All right. My walk off this week is called Second Chances. America is the land of second chances, and when the gates of the prison open, the path ahead should lead to a better life. That was a quote by George W. Bush. This was uh, at a press conference where he was implementing a new bill that would help people once they got out of jail. It appears the NFL took the latter part of the statement far seriously than the opening statement. America's land of second chances. Antonio Brown getting signed by the Buccaneers perplexes me two claims of sexual misconduct, a documented threat to one of the alleged victims and a battery and burglary charge that he turned himself in for. This is who was getting a second chance. Meanwhile, Colin Kaepernick has yet to be given a second chance after simply asking for justice. Now I'm not here to talk about his ability, his willingness to play, but simply the opportunity to play. In 2014, Greg Hardy was arrested for assault and violence in domestic and a domestic violence incident he was signed to play in 2015 after nine arrests between 2012 and 2018 the last of which was a domestic violence incident alden smith has found his way back to the nfl kareem hunt was let go by the keeps and picked up by the browns the following season tyreek hill pled guilty to domestic assault and battery by strangulation in 2014 while he was still in college Bruce Miller, who was charged with seven felonies, including assault with a deadly weapon back in 2016, just signed this year with the Jacksonville Jaguars. In 2018, Reuben Foster was arrested four times, three of which stemmed from domestic violence charges and was cut by the 40 ers claimed off waivers by the Washington football team. Ben Roethlisberger has been investigated for sexual assault twice and was even suspended by the NFL. So as the NFL has end racism on the end zone, it appears that the quest to end racism is the one thing you can't get a second chance from. That is it. That was good, man.
1: I didn't realize all. I mean, I knew a lot of those charges. but I didn't realize the extent of a lot of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even get into, like, the details of some of them, because some of them are very graphic, like the Greg Hardy one. No, like the one, Greg Hardy one, the yeah. the Greg Hardy one is traumatizing. <laughs> um, Threw her on the bed with guns and shit. Yeah, Tyreek Hill's situation with his girlfriend, uh, his yeah. mother of his children, and that continues to go on, because, again, in 2019, there was another um, occurrence where... Uh, Child uh, abuse was introduced, and they thought they were going to have him for a portion of the season. Uh, Ruben Foster's situation.
1: I didn't even know the Ruben Foster one. Yeah,
0: Alden Smith, Bruce Miller. It, it's it's
1: it's crazy because you're absolutely right, and I know you and I talked about this. I think it was on the Twitch or it the Friday right call or something. The Twitch. Yeah, because. And like you said, in the beginning of the walk-off was, you know, it's not, it's not about the desire to play or the willingness to play. It's about the opportunity to play. And it's, it's something that I've always been told, you know, and I'm sure you too playing sports is that if you're good enough, they'll find a spot for you. Like it doesn't matter what. And then the second this dude ruffles feathers of, you know, the top tier owners and stuff, all of a sudden it's like, doesn't matter. We don't care how good he is. He's not playing, which is so bizarre to me that these – the charges you're talking about are people – like physically assaulting, you know, all <laughs> allegations. And some of them not, aren't even allegations. They pled no. guilty yes. and like settled. Pled guilty like, or no contest. Yeah. Yeah. Like or physically. Ass- like Greg Hardy yeah, was convicted. Like fully fully <laughs> charged and convicted. And, and th- it's like these owners are so obtuse that they're just like, well, I mean, yeah, they're basically, and I don't mean this in any sort of, I'm not even going to. Preface it. I'm just going to say it. the owners basically look at them like, yeah, these are fucking wild animals. Yeah. So this shit's going to happen. It goes but the back second- to.
0: Um, uh, sorry to cut you off. I'll let you continue that thought start, start in a second. Um, uh, before he passed, uh, Bob McNair, he said the inmates are running the asylum. They look at them as inmates, so them getting charges and stuff don't affect them. That doesn't that doesn't scare them. But if you affect the status quo, it's more it's more um uh finish your statement so I can get my thought together.
1: Well no, the only thing I was going to say is that it's just so twisted the fact that the second that they get ruffled a little bit they're like no, like cut him off, blackball him, whatever. The NFL settled with Colin Kaepernick yeah. for a lot of money. So clearly, even though nothing was exposed to the public, clearly they there's proof and evidence that he was blackballed. Yes. And that's insane to me. These people constrain beat someone within an inch of their life and they're like no as long as they can play they can be on the field because it doesn't affect the owners at all they're on their yachts somewhere else and it's like as someone who's dealt with so many like issues mentally and stuff uh, you know that being compounded by concussions and shit like that the fact that these owners just wash their hands of these consequences and just sign these players and then just cut them like it's an act of like oh my god well we're gonna just cut them it's like you signed
0: him to begin with. <laughs> um, uh, as as Bomani has stated eloquently, the, the owners think that the fan bases are racist. They they think it's more bad for business if they sign Colin Kaepernick when all he's doing is acting for justice, which ironically the NFL is, quote unquote, asking for now. But. You're willing to have a convicted rapist on your team. You're willing to have a guy with assault. The worst part is, he's on your team. right. Yes, that's the thing.
1: It's I, I told you this when it happened a couple months ago. I was sitting at a, a, a restaurant at the bar eating dinner. Obviously, I don't yeah, drink, but I, I go to the bar because I'm one person, and I hate as a server, I hate to take up a whole table for just me. So I always sit at the bar to eat. I'm sitting at the bar, and not only the bartender. I live in Jacksonville, so there's a lot of you know, hey, po dunk country people. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I'm sitting at the bar. I got my headphones in, like I always do, minding my own business. Football's on the TV. The bartender is talking to two patrons about like, well, if they're going to fucking kneel for the goddamn anthem, then I'm not even, I'm not going to watch a second of it. And they're going back and forth. That's, they're entitled to their opinion. The NFL doesn't care. It's half a It makes 6 or $12 billion a year. Your money doesn't matter to yeah. them. But the thing that astounded me was the whole issue of like, and I know there's this running joke about like The Alabama fans, and I like, you know, oh, we hate all black people. Wait, how fast can he run? Oh, put him on the
0: field. But it's, it's, yeah, the irony is that it's nothing unless it's in service to you.
1: Yeah. And it's so, it's, it pains me to see things like that because it's like, like I couldn't imagine, it's like, it's almost patronizing. Yeah. Like the fact that, that I can, like, and I know the owners do this, like, Come, you know, they call the players into the office when they're talking about contracts or whatever, and they act like they're all buddy buddy yeah. with them. And I'm sure as soon as the player walks out, they're like, God damn, that dumb, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it's, it's, I, I don't know. I, now you got me all riled <laughs> up. <with your> walk. <laughs> What? It's just, it's just something that really pisses me off because I look the way I look. So people always assume I'm on that side, yeah. like the, the owner side, the, the, like, I, I mean, I've, I've joked about this on stage all the time, but like people come in like uh, to my restaurant and bitch about wearing the mask. And then they look at me like, right, brother. And I'm yeah. like, no, like, we're not fucking friends, dude. Like put it on. <laughs> and it just really pisses me off because. Because every, I, I I don't know. It just gets me riled up because I have, a, I have so many friends and not only just that, but I'm I'm a fucking human being. And to see yeah. the way that like some of these, I understand I'm the king of second chances for everything that I've done. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, it's you Google all my fucking mugshots. It's well documented. But the thing that pisses me off is that the they Discord don't see his mugshot. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, right. They don't. But these owners don't bat an eye at rape allegations, sexual assault charges, battery, um, basically beating someone within
0: an inch of their life. Look, they uh, welcome it. When the Ray Rice thing happened, he was initially getting what, a four game suspension? And then the video came out and the backlash came out and they were like, oh, they care about this? So as long as there's not video, uh, everything's okay, apparently. There's,
1: it's, it's so, it's so frustrating because it it seems like a very, and I know Mike Wilbon talks about it all the time. It's an owner plantation mentality and I get frustrated. I get so like twisted in my head because I get frustrated because like when I played in college, a lot of the guys I played with were on full scholarship and treated like Kings, yeah. you know, walking around the campus, black, white, it didn't like starting quarterback to the starting corner to the fucking star of the defense. Like they were treated like, and so in my head I would get all twisted. Cause I'm like, well, wait a second. I thought it was like this hard knock life and you guys are over here getting everything you want, but then you see it from a different perspective and it's like, this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> You know what I mean? And so it's just, it's, it's, it's very frustrating for what you, like what you said, exactly what you said about Colin Kaepernick and he, he pissed off a couple owners and now he'll never get a chance to play. But Greg Hardy literally went from threatening his girlfriend's life with guns on a, like choking her on a yeah, bed and surrounded her. by guns, Viciously. beating her almost into an inch of her life to playing for the Dallas Cowboys to then fighting in the UFC. And everybody's okay with it. We're just going (laughs) to let this happen.
0: Um, And not just Kaepernick. Kaepernick's the only one I highlighted because, I mean, he's the face of this. But uh, Eric Reed. Um, who eventually got signed but hasn't been signed again after having a great year with the Carolina Panthers. That's the
1: safety, right? Yeah.
0: And then uh, Brandon Marshall, not Brandon Marshall the receiver, Brandon Marshall, the linebacker who went to Nevada with Colin Kaepernick and they were in fraternity together and he started kneeling with him but he played for Denver. He immediately lost uh, sponsorships and he hasn't been back in the league since his contract was terminated with Denver. So,
1: yeah. Shit's crazy, man. Yeah. Oh, sorry. We were gonna have it as, as a short episode, and then I got <laughs> really heated there at the end.
0: You got passionate there. I, I couldn't match your passion because this is every day for me, so I can't get. I know. I, I can only and it, write eloquently as I can. So.
1: <laughs> no, I know. It's just. It's like I said. It's it's a frustrating thing that, and, and I. That's again, why
0: I don't like Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> well, it's a it's a frustrating thing too because it's. It's just one of those things where it's. I, I I don't even know. It's it's every day. You have to deal with it every day. And then, you know, something happens to like a, a former teammate of mine or a friend. And I'm like, then I get all up in arms. But then tomorrow I'll wake up and I'll drive to work. And unless a cop runs my license plate and sees all the crimes I have committed, <laughs> nobody, you know, nobody fucks with me. And yeah. so it's just it's just weird. And again, I know because I ha- I remember what I want to say. I have been on the other side of this. When I was younger and I was pre-law and I was all like gung-ho about like well these are just allegations like no, no one's bring no one's been convicted complaint. of anything
0: it's sorry
1: you cut me off all right I'm getting played off <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. No, that actually works out perfect because I probably would have said something that got me in trouble. <laughs> I didn't all right. Time you. for the press conference. Right, Brenna, give your plug. Um, I am Brennan T comedy on all social media. You can, uh, if you ever want to get in touch with me, you can reach me at Brennan Tassif at Brennan T comedy.com. That's my email. Um, listen to my other podcast. It's called Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. A lot of times I have guests on, we talk drinking stories, Speaking of getting heavy, this week is a super heavy episode. The first part is me talking about my last drunk. So there's a lot of crying, a lot of anger, a lot of different stuff. But um, I'm just responding. I've gotten some emails of people who appreciate the podcast as an inspiration. Then I got some emails from people telling me to stop pushing sobriety on people. So I respond. In a big, bad way uh, with the latest episode. Again, Brendan Tassif is your ex-drinking buddy. Second half is nice and light, though. I have my beautiful girlfriend, Savannah, on, and we talk about dating someone who's in comedy.
0: Nice. Um, You can follow me on all social medias at Joe Dorville on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow this show at Cheering Press on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, You can look up my album, hip-hop album, TV by Headphone Joe, no O, no E, in the phone. Um and that is it that's our show this week um, we may depending on the outcome of the World Series we might have to do a Thursday uh, yeah we
1: can throw in an emergency pod
0: yeah so we'll we'll Thursday will be uh, depending on situations um, if we want to talk about it I don't want to talk about this Monday night football game or the Thursday football game so the World Series is probably going to be yeah. all we're going to talk about Thursday so Brennan take us out that's why we play the game Hello! Hello!
2: Thank you for listening to A New Low Podcast Network. We've got four fun podcasts on our current roster for you. Every other Monday, you can enjoy the Misbehavior Journal Club, a podcast highlighting exciting developments in the neuroscience community, hosted by Amiel Moreno and Leia Krebit. Get some in depth analysis of all things sports with Cheers from the Press Box, dropping two episodes a week, co-hosted by comic Brendan Tassif and hip-hop artist Joe Dorville. Catch me, Kyle Loder, with my right-hand man Joe Dorville every Wednesday as we discuss a different song from the Hamilton musical soundtrack on Who Does a Podcast. Last, but certainly not least, is our network's flagship podcast, A New Low, which drops every Friday. A New Low highlights a wide variety of current events that both disappoint and encourage our five diverse co-hosts, who are Farzad, Headphone Joe, No O, No E, Dorville, Scott by Scott, L. Greg, and me, Kyle. Every episode of all these podcasts and all of our social media details and links can be found at anewlow.co. That's anewlow.co. All our shows can also be found everywhere podcasts are available. Like and subscribe is the name of the game. Thanks again for all your support.